The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome, Biscuit listeners, to another edition of the Biscuit CLT podcast and our series, Who Built Me?, where we take a look at the names behind the people that you know. My guest today is the founder of Heal Charlotte, Mr. Greg Jackson. Greg, what's going on, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, appreciate you having uh, the time to come and sit down and chat with us. And uh, we want to talk a little bit more about the person that you shouted out during the most recent Creative Mornings event uh, during your section on Who Built Me. And you mentioned uh, a gentleman by the name of Otis Crowder. Who's Otis Crowder? Um, Otis Crowder is a Rotarian uh, from the Charlotte North Rotary Club. Also, he is a... chair of Crowder's Constructions, and he is a mentor. Uh, He tells me not to call him a a brother because he's much older than I, but I do call him a brother. But he's like, I I feel funny when you call me that. I'm so, so much older than you. Uh, But he's he's been he's been great as far as just helping helping us build Hill Charlotte from the ground up. Well, I know you wouldn't call somebody a brother if you didn't think that they earned it. So uh, I know that's high <laughs> praise, no matter what. So yeah. let's start here. You told me you, you told uh, everybody at Creative Mornings that you and Otis met at a Rotarian meeting, correct? What what was that like? What happened? How did you guys get connected at that meeting? Yeah, my friend uh, Will Fisher was the uh, was a president at the moment at the Charlotte North Rotary Club. Will was very interested in the work that I was doing. And he wanted to have me come to the Rotary Club and do a presentation about Hill Charlotte and the youth program and uh, the, the goals and the vision that we seen to happen in Orchard Trace. And from there, I uh, got connected uh, with Mr. Otis at, at the uh, at the Rotary Club presentation. So tell me, what was your first impression of uh, Otis at that time? And that, since you guys had never met before, never spoken before, what was your first impression? So this is when I noticed that I had implicit bias myself, right? Uh, sometimes, sometimes as black people, man, we just think, you know, everybody's, we don't, we're not suffering from racism like that. Like as far as looking at other races and hold, say, just having these implicit bias about other people, you know, we're, we're so used to people looking at us a certain way based off of our color, Right. And this was one time when I was in the Rotary Club and I was like, man, I'm prejudging everybody in here because they're all, you know, older, older white men, a couple of women, you know, but there's a there was a preconceived notion that, hey, you know, they just want to listen to, you know, a black kid talk about what's going on in the neighborhood. How far is this really going to go? What is this really going to turn into? Um so I, I didn't really have expectations of, you know, relationship building. Honestly, I thought maybe somebody would cut a check and just say I did my part. So when did you know that Otis Crowder was was different from those preconceived notions? So he started talking to me about Orchard Trace, um, where I'm currently staying and where we do our work at. And his brother used to live in Orchard Trace. And he was very, his brother was sick. 
and the the community of Orchard Trace really took care of his brother, and he had a relationship with the management, and um, so I think all of those things were connecting points, you know, um, with us doing the work there, with his previous engagement with Orchard Trace, with the community of Orchard Trace being kind to his brother, uh, and then we started to talk, and. You know, it was just something cool about him. You know, he 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 came in one time um, in the Rotary Club, and you know he he had to sing, he had to sing a song because that's what they do sometimes. They have somebody sing a song, you know, whether it's like one of the American songs of history or something. But he came in and he had his guitar, you know, plugged up to his little sound system, and I was looking at him and I was like. Nah, he seems like he might have been a hippie back in the day. You know what I mean? Like he might he might have been one of those cool guys back in the day, right? And um and we we just had a lot of connecting conversations and he was very much um interested in the work and he came to Orchard Trace. And I think I think that's that was something that did it for me. When he when he actually came to Orchard Trace and he came and looked at the facility uh, there's something there's something about talking about it. Um, but when people immediately show up to see what they can do, it that does something to me personally. And it seems like after that time, obviously, he's been a huge supporter of you, of Heal Charlotte and everything else. He's um, also had an, a, an impact on you and and how you see yourself and, and what opportunities you see available. Um, I heard you mention in your, uh, creative mornings chat that he talked, talked about things like, uh, that no man is exempt from doing the work, right? No man's exempt from, from sowing, uh, the seed. Um, what are, you know, some of the, uh, lasting ideas and, and impacts that he's had on you since? Yeah. So I think most of it is. When you have somebody that is very successful um, and has experienced so much, when they believe in your vision, you know, when they believe in your mission, I think it does something for you as a business owner, as a person in life. It helps you. It's, it's like getting confirmation and affirmation that you're on the right path. You know, this is this is correct. And um, I think him and so many others gave me a lot of confirmation to the vision that I had. And with those, with that confirmation came confidence in execution. You know, um, there's always us being humans. We always doubt at some point, can we make this happen? Does this make sense? Um, Am I saying the right things in the meetings? And um, you know, his his sowing of the seed, not just, you know, his capital, but also his experience and his wisdom and sowing those seeds in me really helped me get some confidence in saying I belong in these rooms, you know, these higher upper rooms that America is telling young black men and women um, we can't we can't move furniture in these rooms. And um, I got confident in being able to do so. I noticed you you mentioned that uh, Otis helped see you your help show you a, a different trajectory that you could achieve as as a black man in your in your in your talk. 
Um, what is something that Otis did or said to you or just a, a, a memory that you have of him, an experience that you had with him that really kind of drove that point home for you? I think ownership is something that he really um, he really always brung to the table uh, of expanding ownership. And sometimes, you know, just owning a business isn't isn't good enough. And one thing I will say is white men in America understand what ownership of land and ownership of property means, just based off of the history of America. Right. And that that was something that wasn't in my head. It was I want to help people with rent. I want to help people with with resources. And one day he came to me and he said it would be much cheaper much cheaper and much more sustainable if you own where you're, where you're trying to help people rent. And for some reason in my head, I just never thought that I just never, it just never crossed my mind. And it, and, and he brung that out. And I always tell him you're letting God use you. Like you have no idea how much God is using you right now for me to be able to do my mission and do the ministry work that has been called on me. So, and he's always available to let God use him in some capacity, you know? So I always look at him and I, and I thank him for that. Uh, just, he's just, just being in place, you know, sometimes the blessings come and if you're not in place, you're going to miss it. And he's always in place to be able to pass a blessing on. So it's, is something that I really appreciate about him. So I love what you're talking about here because, again, you came into this interaction with, uh, you know, an older white gentleman. And um, and I don't blame you at all for for being skeptical of older white men. I mean, that's we've learned that there's there's a lot of danger there that uh, particularly, you know, as a black man, you can expose yourself to. Um, but it seems like after this experience, you know, you've been able to, to, to see that, you know, he is somebody who uh, generally, genuinely has respect, you know, love for the people around him. Yeah. What, what do you think the lesson is there that you would share with other people, not just other black men, but, you know, anybody who has these preconceived notions about people that don't look like them? You know, what's the lesson there for anybody who has those notions um, about how they should approach other people. Um, so I have people that often say, why, you know, why when I choose to work with an a, a entity like CMPD or, you know, people ask me why. And my return question is why not? You know, who, who doesn't deserve to get the opportunity to do right? You know what I mean? And who am I to take that opportunity away from somebody? Um, I don't know what that is going to be able to do. You know, Mr. Otis says I've helped him so much as much as he has helped me. And cause he's been able to see things that he probably wouldn't have been able to see if me and him didn't form this relationship. Right. So it's, it's everybody gets that opportunity, man. Cause you, you never know that that piece of service that somebody is doing, it literally might change their life. You know, it really it literally might change their whole trajectory on what the world looks like, what black America looks like, what white America looks like. Like it's and and everyone deserves that opportunity, you know, no matter what they've done in their past, no matter what America has told you that demographic has done. 
take an opportunity and get surprised by what people can do for you and what people can do. Like, because what 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 the media has told you isn't true. It's just it's just not true in the majority. There's so many good people out here um, that want to help, don't know how to help. And that's real. That's that's not that's not fake. That's not fake news. That's real. People really don't know how to help. And who are you to take that away from them and not give them that opportunity? So it's um, I, I hope a lot of people go out of their comfort zone and become uncomfortable and, and give others opportunities to be able to sow a seed. Because uh, it's I've, I've it, we me and him have a wonderful relationship and we don't look alike, talk alike. We don't have the same age. No, bank account, nothing, man. <laughs> but at the core of us, we want the same thing. That's good to remember. Um, and something else that I know that you mentioned that he's helped you out with, uh, and, and certainly money isn't the end all be all, like we just discussed. It's it's really the the intention and the way that you, that you present yourself and the way that you show up that that really makes a difference in people's lives. But that said, the money's still important too. And yeah. you mentioned that he was the first five-figure donor to your million-dollar capital campaign. Tell me a little bit about what the million-dollar capital campaign is and how other people can contribute to that. Yeah, so we were um, expanding our reach out of Orchard Trace and wanted to impact uh, Sugar Creek in 85 in some capacity and started to see that there were a lot of hotels taking advantage of um, families that, that couldn't afford to stay in a, in an apartment. And it was very high, it's high crime areas, you know, um, human trafficking, drugs, violence. And we were paying people's rent in Orchard Trace and trying to make something feasible happen. And, uh, I seen a hotel and I was, why, why not buy a hotel, use it for transitional living, create a Hill Charlotte campus with social entrepreneurship and youth development and family stability and low, low, in, low rent um, can actually happen. Right. In one centralized location. So that's the Hill Charlotte campus. And um, it became feasible for us to say, let's let's buy a hotel and make that happen. And so we launched this capital campaign to be able to do so and and um, and to to renovate the hotel, um, make it a safe and healthy living environment. Yeah. Mr. Otis, he appreciated the fact that we were good stewards with all of the funds that we get. And um, we're very transparent with all of our funds. Um, so so everyone knows that it's going to a correct area is going and it's being used for exactly what we're fundraising for. And we had to build that trust with him too. And um, he has, he has donated far over a hundred thousand dollars to this organization. He's, he's been absolutely amazing. And the capital um, coming into the situation, the capital isn't everything, but when we're talking um, corporations, in small businesses, that's a way that a small business needs a corporation to show, to give trust, right? I can't trust you yet because you haven't shared your, your resource and capital with me. And um, we, we built some trust by him being able to say, I'm, I, I not only want to mentor you as a person, 
and sow a seed in a you. But I know I have to sow a seed in your business also and your vision. And that's going to take capital. So I, I, I respect them for doing that because not, not a lot of people are going to jump out and say, I have a six figure donation for you because <laughs> I believe in your work. I believe in what you do. And um, that's, that's, we want, we want that. And, and he, he holds his counter, his business colleagues and counterparts. He holds them accountable and he speaks for us also to help us raise more funds. So um, that's, you know, that's, that's what mentorship is supposed to look like. You know, anything that I can absolutely do to help build you up, I'm willing to do that. Is there anything else that you want to say about Mr. Crowder or the, or Heal Charlotte or the million dollar capital campaign before we wrap up? Well, first I want to shout out all of the other mentors that are in my life. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hancock, my pastor, Theo Schaefer, first lady Patrice, um, I want to shout out um, Sheriff Gary McFadden, who helped me start Hill Charlotte. Also, uh, so many people that have poured into Hill Charlotte. I don't want them to get jealous listening to this, saying, <laughs> hey, I played my part, too. Um, I appreciate them. Uh, former Mayor Jennifer Roberts. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's been absolutely an amazing ride getting to know all of these people and watch them sacrifice a piece of their life to be able to build not only me up, but this organization. So shout out to them. Uh, everybody go to hillcharlotte.org. If you want to donate time, talent, or treasure, we need all of those things. Um, there's not one thing that's above the other. Uh, and, and do remember if everybody does a little bit, nobody would have to do a lot. So start off with doing your little bit and that's enough to uplift the mission and the ministry and get involved. If it's not Hill Charlotte, there's a, over a thousand organizations in, in Charlotte. Just get involved into, into doing some good service work and get comfortable with it and, and love it and enjoy it and, and, and mentor some kids, man. Grab one kid and mentor them for an hour out the week. Just one hour out the week, man. Just mentor one kid and we'll be in a better place. Fantastic stuff. Once again, from Greg Jackson, the founder of Heal Charlotte and one of the smoothest people rocking a baseball cap that I've ever seen in my life. So, Greg, thanks so much for your time. Blessings, man. Peace and blessings to everybody. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks to Greg Jackson of Heal Charlotte for speaking with us. Thank you to Foundation of the Carolinas for sponsoring our Who Built Me segment. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, for tuning into the Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell them yourself. The Biscuit CLT Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings.